Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the Roos, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Bruise Banana FC podcast. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. I hope you guys are doing well and gearing up for an exciting but terrifying trip to Anfield on Sunday. It's holiday weekend here in the U.S., so I know I'm excited for our matchup this weekend, even if I know that I have plenty of scars from this fixture in years past. We haven't won at Anfield since 2012 yet. You know, this season has been one where we have, we have finally won at a number of grounds where it has been a significant amount of time since our last win. And you know, given the form of the two teams, I, th- I really do think that we should fancy our chances to get another monkey off our back here. It's going to be a nerve-wracking one. It's going to be one, especially after the way that Manchester City brushed aside Liverpool last weekend. It's, a lot of expectations and pressure is going to be on Arsenal to get a result at Anfield, something that has not been the case for a very long time. With me today to preview our trip to Anfield is Luke. You can find on Twitter at Echocoon. Hello, Luke. I'm really nervous. Nerves are eating me alive. I can't lie. Well, very well. That's... Thank you, Justin. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's it's a weird nervousness. I'm nervous because I know Liverpool can do things like a seven nil against United, like they did mm-hmm. last time they were at home. But I know they can also look absolutely terrible, and it's kind of what. Liverpool is going to show up and you know, we'll kind of we'll talk about it in a little bit a little bit of what Arsenal is going to show up and kind of you know what happened last year in the biggest moments and kind of what happened at Anfield and obviously it's very different circumstances yeah a, a lot is to be determined and, and also with us today is Ben you can find on Twitter at Ben Browning three Ben how's it going yeah I'm a lot less nervous actually I think that might be because I watched them play Chelsea and they were um it was as mid table and mid table clash as I've ever seen. And I'm really hoping that I haven't kidded myself into thinking that that's what we'll get, but it does seem like they're a bit of a mess at the moment. And if it wasn't at Anfield and it wasn't Liverpool, then you know, if it was someone in Liverpool's form and with the sort of position they are in the league, I think we'd all be feeling fine about it. So that's the way I'm trying to go into it. Yeah, let's jump into that fixture against Chelsea. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp had a heavily rotated squad. Ben, what did you make of that? Uh, you know, it, it seemed like if he was going to prioritize one of the two fixtures, Chelsea would be the more winnable one. What do you think that he, he just wanted to go all in knowing that he's at home and he can kind of use that home field advantage and maybe a little bit of he's not he's seen kind of what he spoke about in his press conference that he's only in his job because of what he did in the past and if he loses mm. the support of the home crowd then that's kind of the final straw and he doesn't want to rotate at home against arsenal and kind of put up a, that performance at home well i think i was talking to um the, i think the news came out the day before and i remember it got posted in one of my friends chats and the liverpool fan in there was saying well it's not so much resting players is just trying to find a formula that works because all the players that were rested whether you know van dyke and alexander arnold have been pretty poor this season by their own high standards and i think mo salah i think did klopp say he was ill or was that van dyke that was ill um it was I was van just, dyke. 
who is uh, conveniently okay, yeah, ill, yeah. but is perfectly fine for now. Yeah, I mean, he would be. Klopp's been doing those mind games for years. I remember when Firmino was supposed to be ill for about three games and uh, came back and scored a hat-trick. So it's nothing we shouldn't be used to. And I think Arteta started picking up some of his own, as I'm sure we'll come on to. But um, I wasn't... Too, I, I was surprised, but I was equally surprised that the people that I know that supported Liverpool weren't that surprised, which I think says a lot about where they are at the moment in terms of those are two players where if you took them out of the side two years ago you'd be thinking what on earth's happening and now it's sort of well we've got to try something yeah luke watching the the midweek performance against chelsea i know that you know they've gone they haven't scored against each other and i, I can't remember what the exact uh, number of minutes has been but it's been all like quite a few a number hours. of games exactly that they haven't scored against one another this this Liverpool is obviously quite different to the one that we've seen previously. And what when you kind of break them down, do you think their biggest issue is just a talent level that their their midfield doesn't have the legs anymore to keep up that high press? And and what was so devastating about them is because they could just keep the ball forever because their midfield with Fabinho was the party that we look at now in terms of being able to retain and recycle the ball. Or is there something a little bit more structural that they've kind of lost and teams are kind of figuring out how to exploit? I think the midfield is a really big part of this just because, as you said uh, just then, uh, the, the press was kind of it's synonymous with everything Klopp's done with Liverpool. And um, it was getting to a point where um, uh, they were so um, almost flexible in how they played because they could do and like they could suit any game and play what was needed to, to win any game. But it does feel like this season you're seeing a big drop off from Fabinho, you're seeing a big drop off from Henderson. Um, they're trying to bring in some young players like Carvalho and Elliot, who, you know, are good talents for sure, but I, I haven't really got um, uh, the legs ne- um, near them to to kind of really cope um, with their inexperience. And and then, as you said before, so they've got the the players that just it feels like they've dropped off a cliff, like the Van Dykes and and the Alexander Arnolds yeah. and stuff like that. And I think they're still struggling to balance out this squad because Darwin Nunes has come in and, you know, he's been very up and down, but you can see there's talent there. You can see that there's there's a player there that's probably going to be a success at Liverpool at some point down the line. But the the question mark over him is, is where does he really feature in this Liverpool squad? So does he play out wide and kind of running inside? Does he play through the middle, even though he hasn't really got that foil play that, They've kind of become so famous for with like the likes of Firmino. Firmino's probably another one. He's feels like he's not playing at the same level. Jota's not playing at the same level. It just feels like all across that squad, um, there's still talent there, but it just feels like the fundamentals for how Klopp plays, um, has ebbed out of these players like slowly but surely. And and it's it's strange really because like last season the possibility was on for a quadruple at one point, and they pushed City all the way to the end. And in this season, it just feels. Like it's been um, the complete other end of the spectrum, but um, I think their their problem is is threefold overall. I think legs to press midfield is a huge one because um, it stops them being able to have that high line that they had last season. They're not able to kind of keep the ball well enough because they can't use the whole gag and press that that they became so synonymous for under Klopp. And um, I also think that lack of balance in the squad with people like Mane being sold and people like Firmino. Um, coming out the squad without really like a, a like like replacement to come in, um, the fact that Salah and Nunez kind of fill a similar hole in the team that they haven't really been able to kind of balance out in the squads, and I also think injury has been like a massive problem for them. Like 
the over-reliance on players like James Milner, um, who's been a fantastic football player over his course of his career. But, you know, there's a reason why they are where they are now. And I talk to Liverpool fans at the moment, like my friends, um, who tell me that they're almost a bit relieved when they see Milner in the team because of how bad everyone else has been. And I think when you're relieved to see <laughs> Milner in the team for a team that should be fighting for a title, you're probably getting close to the problem of it. So um, my overall kind of perspective of the game is it's nerve-wracking. It's also really nerve-wracking just because it's a huge game because a lot of people are putting a lot of onus on this game because we're going to Anfield. It'd be a massive statement. It'd be a massive three points. Um, one of the hardest games we have left in the in the fixture on paper. But... Um, even though I would have us down as favourites because we've been fantastic and I, I'd back us to go to Anfield and kind of overturn history and get the three points, I still think that even though Liverpool feel like a bit of an old lion, like they still have some claws. Like They still have players with like a massive talent. They can still score goals. If we're not on it, then they can still blitz us. And United probably saw that as well. So um, it's going to require us to be on our A game. But if we are on our A game, then I'd back us to go there and get the three points. Yeah, what Liverpool used to be so good at is obviously they have a glaring defensive weakness with Trent Alexander-Arnold, and they were able to compensate for that by having, you know, being able to dominate possession and dominate the territory with that the ball. You know, they were able to pin teams back, and that allowed Alexander-Arnold not to have to play one v one defending. He was able to play as, you know, a midfielder, you know, basically, and what he's so good at it is whipping the balls in the box then they were able if they don't win it you know able to recycle the ball the the two center backs are able to play a really high line and, and kind of shield them and when you know a couple years ago and even i guess last year with v uh, virgil van dyke you know, he was kind of what saliba is right now in terms of being a being you can't dribble past him so you know in a 1v1 situation he's not going to get burned he's able to use his recovery speed to kind of allow them to play that high line and that, that that they're not able to do anymore whether that is something we're kind of hitting on midfield i think that everything kind of boils down to the midfield failures that when you don't have a, a midfield who is able to have that level of work rate have that level of cohesion and, and just basic you know positioning and things like that like you said when you're playing james milner at in your midfield like you cannot play a high line you cannot play the way that liverpool is used to playing and and they're kind of trying to adjust to that while also not adjusting to that at the same time. And Ben, so I think where, you know, Arsenal are going to be looking to exploit Liverpool is going to be kind of doing to Liverpool, what Liverpool used to do to us in, in kind of using our fullbacks, like, you know, obviously not in the same manner, but a similar manner in playing our high line. And I think the one key position will be in center back with, Rob Holding instead of uh, William Saliba that we presume is not going to be playing. Do you think yeah. that we, you know, Arsenal and Arteta are going to kind of keep up with what we've been doing? Obviously, Rob Holding has been he's been good. He's not been William Saliba. Nobody expects him to be that. Do you think that we're going to kind of go into Anfield and say we're going to play our our football? We're going to you know impose our style on you and force you to not be Liverpool of old. I, 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 I'm not sure. I think, I mean, if, if we were with William Saliba, obviously we'd be a lot more confident because Liverpool are the Liverpool are playing on the counter-attack really well this season. Uh, that's one thing they are doing. We saw against City and against United, you know, they consistently find the ball through to Salah or to Gakpo or Nunez. Um, 
and that is something you do worry about with Rob Holding. Despite how assured he may look against Leeds or against Palace or whoever we play, when it is the big games we saw last season with Tottenham, you know, when it, when stuff's on the line, you don't want to be relying on him um, as like a, a first choice. And obviously everyone would feel better if Saliba was playing. But I'm not sure that Arsenal can afford to change what they've been doing that's been working so well, even though it does obviously run a bigger risk now of being hit on the break. Um, but we we could essentially play with both inverted fullbacks again and try and dominate possession and be out of sight because we can play around Liverpool. It's just about whether we can keep that back door shut for long enough to make it you know quiet in the crowd and prevent Liverpool from maybe taking the lead and trying to sit on it or whatever. Because I think we saw last season at Anfield, we were fine for 25 minutes and then uh, Klopp and Arteta had their, their bust up on the sidelines and then all of a sudden it went a bit nuclear. So we've got to try and take the sting out of the game and then play it as if it was us playing a team that are significantly weaker than us, which is what it is, as soon as you've taken Anfield and the fact that it's Liverpool out of the equation. Luke, I think in this match, you know, people always say the first goal is key, but I really think you know, there's an emphasis on this match just because if Liverpool score first, then that's going to lift the entire crowd. It's going to turn the match into a completely different scenario. And, and also, obviously, if we score, that kind of hushes the crowd, you know, silences everything. Do you think that Liverpool are going to be the ones that I would imagine are going to be on the front foot to start. They're going to kind of want to go out and get an early goal and similar to what they did against City and kind of hit early and kind of try and set the tone. Do you think that we will kind of see us kind of sit back a little bit, absorb the first 10 to 15 minutes and try and kind of get a rhythm going before we kind of exert ourselves? Or do you think it's going to be kind of back to back from, from the onset and kind of, who can you know finish off a move first kind of thing? I think it might be a bit back-to-back, -back, but if anything, I would back us to kind of set the tone more than I'd back Liverpool to set the tone just because of the confidence level they have right now, like the fact that they're so um, kind of in the dumps and you know they're just coming off a few really poor results, especially like when you look at not just the City result, but the two legs against Real Madrid and then obviously the the fact they couldn't score against Chelsea in in a in a game where they really would want to seen like a reaction from from the City game they just didn't get it and my friend who sports Liverpool said that it's the worst first twenty five minutes he's ever seen from Liverpool. Um, obviously, Anfield is a different prospect because as poor as they've been this season, they've only lost one game at Anfield in the league. So even if they don't win like you know a lot of these games, um, uh, they tend not to uh to to lose many either. So. Um, we have to take that into account and find that, you know, they've played pretty much all the big teams at Anfield so far, other than us. Um, uh, so they're going to be a team that, um, uh, that are, even if in these times of moments, they're, you know, in their house, they seemingly feel a lot more comfortable. So I completely agree with Ben when he's saying we need to make sure the crowds don't get up. We have to quiet them down. At points, that's going to mean that we have to slow the game down and we have to do the whole killing them with a thousand passes thing that Arteta talks about here and there. Um, it's it's hard because how do you approach this game? I think that all we can really do is approach it in the way we approach every other game in the season, which is to play our way because we know that they're vulnerable, and we have to obviously respect them because we know that they are still Liverpool and Liverpool at Anfield is um, always going to be like really really formidable. But we know that we've got to take a win from the game, so we can't 
be passengers for let's say the first 20 minutes and just hope that we feel our way into the game i think we need to set an impetus we had to set some dominance in the game we need to try and get an early goal if we can and then we can build from there luke i'm gonna stick with you here last year we during the all or nothing documentary we saw in the build-up to the anfield match that you know arteta was playing You'll never walk alone in training and, and talked about how <laughs> he he never froze in a match except for one moment and that was at Anfield and I think obviously that was probably taken out of context but that, that definitely came across like he was saying I froze and if I if if I can freeze in this moment you could freeze in that moment and he was kind of you know projecting something that that could happen and putting putting a little bit of self disbelief I guess into the minds of the players and I think that was a mistake. And obviously, you know, Mikel Arteta talked today in his press conference about how, you know, Arsenal are good enough to beat Liverpool. Arsenal can beat Liverpool and talked about how, obviously, the circumstances around the two teams are very different than last time we played at Anfield. How do you think that his kind of talk to the team will differ in, in the way that the whole preparation this week will differ? I think uh, the preparation has got to be more around less around preparing themselves for the occasion and more kind of preparing themselves for um, uh, the, the mental mindset that's going to come into it. I think that the best thing for him to do is try and almost kind of alleviate pressure and give them as much confidence as possible by saying something along the lines of, we go for the three points. And if going for the three points means we lose the game, we lose the game. Because um, uh, if we go out there thinking we're going to hold anything back or not be the Arsenal we've been for the entire of this season that's got us in this position, then I feel like that's when we're going to be more likely to to kind of make, um, uh, I guess, errors that could lead to, to these goals. I, I think that in the games against Man City, like where generally we've played really, really well, I think that we've still, play in these games, maybe just played a little bit within ourselves because maybe because it, it is Man City. So we tried to adjust how we play a little bit, which makes sense to, to a certain point. But I think we haven't gone out with the vigour and the confidence that we, we've gone out in pretty much every other game. Um, uh, and I think that maybe leads to to kind of situations that we wouldn't normally get into. So, I mean, we have to accept that we play a very high risk brand of football. So Liverpool will get opportunities. Like that is that is a dead cert. Like when they've got that kind of pace on the counter attack, they will get opportunities. Like players the the quality of of Salah and I think Gakpo's looked quite good um, over the last month or so. They they have players that can hurt us, especially if um, they have Nunez coming in as well. So like just that raw pace is going to be troubling to a team that plays a high line like us, especially when potentially Rob Holding's going to be in there. Um, so I think we have to just take that into account and think, look, it's going to happen. They're going to get opportunities, but we're going to make more opportunities and we're going to be more clinical the ones that we create. I think an underrated player, I guess, an underrated uh, player who's going to make a big difference in this match is going to be Aaron Ramsdale because of how good he's been this season in 1v1 opportunities. And, you know, we gave them up against Bournemouth. We're probably going to give them up against... Liverpool in this match for exactly what, what you said and him coming up with a really important save whether it's in the first 15 minutes or last 15 minutes I think he's going to get those opportunities to do so and you know he's been exceptional in those moments all season so I definitely back him to do so but it's definitely going to be kind of similar to previous matches against City I think where the team who finishes the opportunities is going to win and the scoreline may not flatter the loser if there's the possibility that, you know, we win this 4-0 or 3-0 or something like that, but it was really back and forth. It was just, you know, the one keeper was better or something like that. Ben, we've seen 
uh, Mikel Arteta pull out some uh, interesting tactical adjustments against Liverpool with Tomiyasu playing at left back as you know, kind of a surprise and one that worked really, really well against uh, Mohamed Salah. Obviously, that specific you know, switch is not available to us, but do you think there's going to be any in his Anything up his sleeve that Arteta has for this match, or you think it's going to be kind of run of the mill what we expect from Arsenal? I think it's going to be pretty run of the mill. I think this is going to be the first game that we've had Zinchenko, Party, Jesus, all of our sort of spine of the team playing against Liverpool at Anfield, which I think is going to make a massive difference. Um, and I think that we that the game is going to be one in midfield and we have by far the superior midfield even before Zinchenko drops inside or Jesus drops back so I think I'd be more thinking that Jurgen Klopp might make a change I'm not really sure what he'd do tactically to switch it up but I think they're going to be more afraid of what we can do than we are of what they can do um, I am a little wary of Salah sort of in the space behind Zinchenko so it's going to be really interesting how we maybe might change our press slightly to stop the long diagonals that Van Dijk likes to play if Van Dijk's playing um, over to Salah. So there might be something there, but I don't think sort of the way we set up the team, at least in possession, is going to be too different because I think we're more than capable of beating them the way that we play. And as I say, we'll have our three best players back and field playing, and they they all know how to win these sorts of games. They've all been there, won trophies. You know, it'll bring a real lift, I think, to the squad. Luke, the one player in Arsenal's team who has already gone and done it at Liverpool this season is Landry Tressard, who obviously scored a hat trick when he was with Brighton at Anfield. Do you think that makes, you know, a, a difference in whether or not he gets you know, the nod from the start that he already scored there and stuff and already played them this year? Or do you think that it, it's more just up to recent performances? Obviously, if you went by recent performances, Trossard is more than done enough to deserve to start. But you know, how, how do you think Arteta views that? I think it's something that's that would factor into his thinking. But I think the problem is for me, um, the choice would be between him and Jesus for the middle slot, and I don't, I don't think you can take Jesus out. I just think that he, from what we saw in the last game, he's, he's too transformative. He's too good. Um, he looks too ready to go. So, as tempted as I would be to start Trossard, given the fact that, as you say, like he's been brilliant in recent weeks and he's shown the mentality to be good at Anfield at a point where Liverpool probably looked not quite as bad as it looked at this moment in time, then it would be tempting. Um, but I wouldn't play him over Martinelli just because I think that raw pace is really, really important. And just the, I think he's um, his performance have started to pick up a little bit last few weeks. Obviously, he's not going to play over Saka and Saka's fit. So I do think that the question is whether or not you're going to kind of have him or like a 75% fit Jesus in. And I think if Jesus is, is fit enough to play, then Jesus has to go in. Um, and that's not to say that obviously he could come off the bench. Um, I still think that could be a big factor in the game. Just have a player that... Um, it's good enough in, in the final thirds to kind of create these moments. I think Trossard come off the bench and still have a big impact. But yeah, I just think that when the choice is Jesus or anyone in the Arsenal squads, I tend to think that people should lean with Jesus. Yeah, I definitely think that I would agree with that. Ben, what do you think is going to be the impact of the substitute bench in this match that now it, it seems like we have the luxury that 
one of Martinelli, Jesus, Tressard, or Saka will be able to come off, off the bench. And we saw how devastating Martinelli can be off the bench running up against tired legs because Saka in the last match running against tired legs. And obviously Tressard has done it in the past. Um, it, it does seem like it will be Tressard that is the one that misses out. But I, I think that he, especially because we don't know if Gabriel Jesus can go 90 minutes, it's probably unlikely that he will go 90 minutes to the level and the intensity that we think. Uh, do you think that, I guess, kind of agreeing with Luke and I that it will be Trussard that misses out and kind of still makes an impact off the bench? Yeah, I think I think it makes sense for Trussard to miss out. Um, as good as he's been, as Luke says, Jesus' energy is sort of infectious and you want him to be leading the line. And he's, well, I mean, he's been called the best pressing forward in in football, hasn't he, by Guardiola? So if we want to try and press high and win the ball back, he's the one to have. Um, I think Trussard off the bench would be a really good option. I also think Emil Smith-Rowe, if he's fit again, coming off the bench, um, will be really useful in that maybe left left eight role if we need a goal. And Fabio Vieira, obviously. I think the, it's really nice to see that we've got a bench that, of players that can you know, come on and change games. Those are three names. And then you've also got like Reese Nelson, who's obviously done it already this season. You wouldn't expect him necessarily to come on, but it's we've got options now, even with so many players injured, which is quite nice to see. Um, and it's quite quite good for next season because I still think we need a lot of players to compete in the Champions League as well. But, you know, we're starting to get the sort of squad where we can compete on multiple fronts rather than throwing away three trophies this season to try and get the Premier League. Luke, real quick before we wrap things up here and leave it to next episode, a little bit of Arsenal news real quick is that it seems like, speaking of of Reese Nelson, that uh, Arsenal have opened up some contract negotiations with him. What What is your take on that before we head out? Um, I think it's good for Arsenal because this is a player that was going to leave on a free transfer. I think he has talent and um, and I think that um, if he can stay fit, then he can try to get that talent and then Arsenal could potentially, if he doesn't end up kind of being in a part of the squad that he and Arsenal are happy and then it gives Arsenal the opportunity to sell for a fee, which I think is, is something that we wouldn't have got if he left on a free transfer, obviously. But um, uh, and, and weirdly from this, because obviously as, as an Arsenal fan, you tend to only really think of things in the spectrum of an Arsenal perspective, but thinking of it on the other side from a Reese Nelson perspective, I'm not quite sure this makes sense for him just because at this point he's 23 years old. He's clearly talented. He's had a lot of injury issues. Um, he's never really played a full season of football because he had the loan at Hoffenheim where he was a bit in Well, I think we uh, lost uh, lost Luke there, uh, Ben. I think he, I what think is he's your take right, on? I think yeah. um, he he needs a season out on loan. He needs a season where he's playing thirty games next season, for instance. And it's not going to happen in in the Premier League. It's not going to happen for Arsenal. And as much as I love I love Reece Nelson, I think he's excellent. Um, I I remember when he was in the academy, everyone was raving about him, and I think there's a real player in there. But as Luke says, he's not stayed fit enough to prove it often enough and that he needs minutes. So whether he's going to sign a three-year deal here and then get loaned out somewhere at 23, 24, that would be, you know, sort of the Matoma uh, age where he sort of shoots to stardom. Or if we're signing him to a new deal to preserve his value and sell him like we did last season, you know, it, it does feel a bit 
uh, confused, I guess, which is odd because most of our transfer business isn't confused. Ben, what is your predictions for this weekend? What's your scores? Oh, I think I'm going to say 3-1 Arsenal. Um, I, th- I think I, I, gen- I genuinely don't think Liverpool are a very good football team. Uh, I don't think that's particularly controversial <laughs> to say. Um, look, they're there. They're We're not hot, no hot takes. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's going to get clipped up, I'm sure. Um, but I don't think they're a very good football team at the moment. They're, we'll missing do it for some fun- you. they're, they're missing some fundamental players in terms of what profiles they need to make that side work. Uh, and if Arsenal go there and play as well as Arsenal can, then it should be pretty comfortable. Um, well, I say comfortable. The scoreline might be comfortable. The atmosphere probably won't be. But um, I think I think we'll win. Luke, what's yours? I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal. I still think it's going to be fine margins. I still think that... I think both teams get chances. I back us. Um, uh, the Arsenal we've seen this season to to create the chances we need. It's down to whether or not we convert them. But I think with Jesus and the team fit and firing, um, with Saka getting a bit of a break last week and being able to come back from it, um, I just think that it feels like so far we've kind of been strangling destiny. Like it just feels like it's it's, it's us to lose. And, and we've every time that we've been kind of presented with a major, major roadblock, we've found a way to get around it. And I just think that I have enough confidence in the, in the, in the boys to, to get past this one as well. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-2. I think we go into halftime, 1-0 down, blitz them in the third. You know, <laughs> after 70 minutes, we're up 3-1, and then they score, and we have 10 minutes of squeaky bum time. And it'll be a horrendous watch for any Arsenal fan for 90 minutes, but at, at full time, that. it'll be I'm great. watching it with my family. Is <laughs> <laughs> a question, though. If, if we're one goal up in the last seventy minutes, can we just like mock subbing, holding on, even though, though he's already played? Well, I was gonna, like, can we just bring on eleven shots? more holdings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll just walk over to the sideline, uh, you know, high five Arteta, and just walk back on the pitch. How about five, that? five, three, two, boys, five, three, two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Oh, yeah. Man. So I think that is a, a good place for us to wrap up. Hope you guys enjoyed episode two of the Bruce Banana FC podcast. This is our first match preview. Uh, hope you guys liked it i think it was a good one like always we're going to keep these around 30 minutes or so we'll be back monday to preview our uh hopefully very convincing victory over a very terrible football club in liverpool we'll catch you guys later <laughs> oh man Erdogan is joining in and he's seen martinelli extraordinary set it for saliba Bukayo saka beaten out by the race and touched it Oh, Saka. Yes. Oh,